Hello again, everyone. I'm Michael Murphy, and this is episode two of The InDesigner, the podcast for Adobe InDesign users. If this is the first time you've downloaded the podcast, welcome. In last week's episode, I introduced myself as a magazine art director with a 17-year design and production background, and the purpose of this podcast as a way to show my fellow designers how to take advantage of the incredibly powerful functions of InDesign to shake off the limitations and elaborate workaround habits they've become used to from Quark Express, freeing themselves up to spend more time being designers. The plan for this week was to deliver a video podcast covering nested style sheets, but I'm still nailing down the best way to get the video file small enough for downloading. As soon as that issue is resolved, the video podcasts will be on their way. In the meantime, I've decided that since it's a four-day Thanksgiving weekend, I'll spend some time covering four things in InDesign that I'm thankful for. As someone who spent many years working in Quark Express, wishing that the application would improve in ways that not only made my life easier, but just plain made sense, I'm quite thankful that there's finally an alternative to Quark's too-little-too-late upgrade history. InDesign has consistently blown me away by exhibiting the same understanding of user needs that Photoshop always has. I've attended product demos and user group meetings where demonstrated features of InDesign have been followed by spontaneous rounds of applause. If that doesn't indicate a market weary of the limitations of Express and thankful for a new and better tool, I don't know what does. So, in no particular order, here are four things I'm thankful InDesign does, and some quick examples of how they work. Number one, you don't have to select text in order to apply or modify text formatting. Have you ever had multiple text boxes in Express that you wanted to apply the same text formatting to? It'd be nice to do that all at once, right? Good luck with that. Unless the text boxes are linked, you'd have to go into each one individually and select the text in order to apply any type-related changes. In InDesign, the text frames don't have to be linked. You don't even need to have the type tool selected in many cases. Here's an example. Say you've got a two-page spread with four separate text frames following each other vertically down each page. Across the spread, that's eight text frames in total. You want to alternate the alignment of the text in every other frame to break up the layout so that on each page the frames will be flush left, then flush right, then flush left, then flush right. In Express, you'd have to go into each text box with the content tool, select all of the type, and align it to the right. Across this theoretical spread, you'd have to do that four separate times. It has always worked that way, and it has never made any sense. In InDesign, you just select every other text frame, the ones you want aligned right, with the selection tool by clicking on the first one, then shift-clicking the others. Then you simply type Shift-Command-R, and all of the type in all four frames aligns to the right. You're done in one step, not four. The same goes for applying paragraph styles. With just the text frame, or multiple frames, selected, click on a style name in the paragraph styles palette, and it's applied to all of them without you ever having to choose the text tool. Now, if you do select the text tool, or open any type-related palette while you have just the frame selected, all of those options, point size, font, letting, alignment, baseline shift, etc., are also available to be modified without having any actual text selected. Your changes will be applied to all the text in as many frames as you have selected. Number two, InDesign does math. Have you ever decided you wanted something on your page to be exactly half its size? It's pretty easy to figure out that a 5-inch wide graphic frame at half its size would be 2.5 inches without taxing your brain all that much. But what about at one-third its size? 
Or what if the frame is 6 and 7 eighths inches wide and you want to make it one-fifth its size? This is where you go get a calculator, right? Don't. Instead of reaching for the calculator, just select the object and go to the control palette. In there, you can use addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division on any value. Addition and subtraction are invoked by typing in a plus or minus symbol followed by a numeric value. An asterisk is used for multiplication and a forward slash for division. Let's say your object is 6 and 7 eighths inches wide by 5 inches high, and you want to make it one-third of that width. In the width field, on the control palette, add a forward slash and the number 3 after the 6.875 inch measurement value, then hit return or enter. You'll see that the new width of the object is 2.2917 inches, but the height remains unchanged. If you want to proportionally scale the object by a third, you would just click the constraint icon next to the height and width fields before applying the math. That would have also reduced the height, in this case, to 1.6667 inches. Try it out on width, height, scaled percentage, point sizes, any numeric value in the control palette, and you'll see how it works. Number three, better bolds and italics. As someone who loves type, I've spent a lot of time training people I work with never to use the bold and italic styles in Quark Express because they're not the true bold and italic versions of the typeface that have been specifically designed for a font family. They're just heavied up and slanted versions of the regular typeface. Besides looking horrible, they cause problems with printers and raster image processors. So I've spent years beating this point home and trying to break people's bad habits. Now, for the most part, InDesign has me backing off that hardline stance, because when you use the Shift-Command-B or Shift-Command-I keyboard shortcuts for bold and italic, respectively, InDesign knows enough to find the appropriate variation of the typeface within the font family. If you have some text selected in, say, Stone Serif that you want bold or italic, just type Shift-Command-B, and InDesign will change the font to Stone Serif Semi-Bold. If that's not bold enough, hit Shift-Command-B again, and InDesign changes it to Stone Serif Bold, the next most bold variation in the font family. Type Shift-Command-I at this point, and it changes the selected text to Stone Serif Bold Italic. These are real font changes, not stroked or angled text applied to the face you started out with. Bear in mind, some fonts are structured in a way that prevent this from working exactly as you might expect, but the vast majority of fonts from commercial foundries such as Adobe will work with these keyboard shortcuts. And if InDesign can't find an appropriate font for you, it just doesn't do anything. It'll never apply a faux bold or italic if it doesn't have a real typeface selection for what you want. If you add up all the times that you go to a type palette or menu to bold or italicize type, this keyboard shortcut will become the time saver it was always intended to be, while preserving the typographic quality of your work. Number four, keyboard navigation through dialog boxes. I'll come right out and say it. I hate using the mouse and menus. I'll qualify that by adding, whenever I don't have to, at the end of that statement. In my former life as a Quark Express user, I knew all the keyboard shortcuts, but the application was so dependent on dialog boxes for so many things that I had to take my hands off the keyboard, grab the mouse, and navigate the cursor around far more than I would have liked. InDesign, on the other hand, has gone palette-happy, replacing most of the same functionality with a dizzying number of palettes in which to work. But there are still those pesky dialog boxes to be dealt with for certain functions. For instance, 
preferences, or style sheet settings, or text frame options, or table options. They all have dialog boxes, each with multiple categories of settings to be navigated through. But don't grab that mouse just yet. Let's take one example, preferences. If you type command K, because selecting preferences under the InDesign menu using your mouse would be defeating the whole purpose of this, right? Type command K to call up InDesign preferences. You see a list of categories on the left and the options for the selected category on the right. Don't waste your time clicking through the left-hand list of categories. Just hold down the command key or the control key on the PC and hit the down arrow. This moves you down in the list of categories. Command up arrow, obviously, moves you up. Want to shave even more time off that? Say you want to jump right to the grid preferences option. Well, it's the sixth item in the list, so just hit command six and you're there. This works for the first 10 options in any of these dialog boxes, represented by the numbers 1 through 0 on your keyboard. After that, you'd have to fall back on the command up and command down arrow methods. But what about a list that doesn't have a left-hand list of categories the way preferences and paragraph styles do? Some, such as text frame options or table options, have tabs or buttons across the top for the different setting categories. Not to worry, the same functionality applies. Even though you're moving across these options, it's still command up arrow or command down arrow. And if you want the third option from the left, just type command three. Okay, that's my four to be thankful for. They're not the most powerful options in the application by a long shot, nor are they likely to generate applause, but I'm just glad they're there. I use them a lot, they save me a lot of time, and they allow me to work in ways I prefer and that make sense. I'm off to enjoy the rest of my Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you all do the same. Next week, I hope we can start our in-depth series of video podcasts on nested style sheets, but if not, I'll have another audio episode lined up in its place. This is Michael Murphy for the InDesigner Podcast. Thanks for listening.